Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 187 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before I introduce today's guest, I got another review that I'd like to read. This review is uh, on iTunes. Happy days. Apple Podcasts there. Subject of this review is great podcast, five-star review, left by Papa DJD 82 Let's get to it, Papa. This review says, great quality, better questions, and spectacular vibe. Dave has conversations with designers from different disciplines and experience levels and helps them tell their story with great questions. It's a fun listen that makes you reminisce about your own experiences. If you are into design, this is a must listen. Papa DJD82, thank you so much for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to have you as a listener, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's guest is Lenny Terenzi. He's a creative director out of Raleigh, North Carolina, working under Hey Monkey Design. During this episode, we talk about his first design job back in the day. We talk about how he's been out working on his own for himself since 2001. He also tells us about the chance class that he took that completely changed his life and the book that heavily influenced him. We also get into why the last five years has been the most challenging time in his creative career. Um, gosh, we talk about how self-reflection helped him get through it. And Lenny also tells us how his um, quotes here, his this is the one project turned out to be disappointing and how small town politics killed it. We also talk about the development of his brand and why he is so proud of it. Lenny is a very genuine guy. He is very open with sharing his experiences and some of the, you know, even personal struggles that he's gone through in the last five years and the lessons that he's learned from that. So sit down, get comfy. This is a great one. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. The super talented, super kind Lenny Terenzi. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Lenny, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing yourself today? Doing great. Coffee's hit the veins. I am ready to go. Excellent. <laughs> I know, right? You're a, you're a little after lunch. I'm ready for dinner almost. That's right. I'm just letting the noodles digest here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the first question I have to ask is, are you ready for a Quickie? Always and anytime. Fantastic. And then we get into the real tough stuff here. Please right. tell the listeners about yourself. All right, Lenny Terenzi, 46 years old, designer, illustrator, sometimes screen printer, community builder, speaker, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, janitor? Janitor and uh, proprietor of, uh, of my own business for the past 20 years, but also creative director at a, at a local agency too, kind of 
dipping my feet back into working for someone else this last year. So fantastic. Well, drop yeah. the name of that agency and then tell me about your business. Yeah. So right now I'm working for an agency called 3VE, it's a digital marketing and branding agency in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, and then now on the side, uh, I run Hey Monkey. Uh, which has been a branding, illustration, uh, and workshop and team building studio uh, based out of Durham, North Carolina. Just a bunch of little bunch of little cities all grouped up here in the same area. Very cool. That's awesome, man. So, what is the? Give me the quick timeline from Lenny's first job in the design game to where you are now. Lenny's first job in the design game was 1994. Uh, so I've been doing it for a little while, right? Yep. Uh, I've been doing it for a little while. I was a contract at a it was a large computer software firm, and they were dabbling with opening opening up a, a game division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, PC gaming was really starting to hit hard in the '90s, um, and so they brought me in on a contract to uh, work on 3D graphics at the time, which I don't do at all anymore. <laughs> but that's kind of I, I had done dabbled in some of that back then, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they just decided to kill the project, and wow. I, I kind of flittered off into into freelance and working at record stores and you know like things that you do when you're early twenties and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And then uh, just through persistence, uh, they ended up bringing me back when they did fire up a full gaming company. I was actually their first call. Sweet. Uh, and so my first job was a designer. Um. I did wasn't doing 3D anymore at that point. I had moved into web design. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I was doing a uh, web design for uh, a company called South Peak Interactive. Uh, back in the 90s that uh, I guess I had a little bit of success. We had some really good licenses. We got to work with like Warner Brothers. We were doing like um, back when when, uh, movie video games were absolutely always still horrible. Now sometimes (laughs) it's hit or miss, right? But we did stuff with like Men in Black, Wild Wild West. So we had some actually some pretty pretty big properties. Warner Brothers. Wild Wild West. Exactly. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) So yeah, so it was fun. That was, uh, so I got to do like some really cool stuff at my first job. Like I got to go to like E3 and you know, all sorts of cool stuff. So yeah. That's awesome. And where was the progression after that? That was in the 90s. We hit 2000s. Or did you rock that job for a few decades? Like what was going on there? Yeah. No, I, I started there, uh, like I said, full time. I think it was 94, 95. Yep. Yeah, right around there. Um, and I was there till 2001. Okay. Uh, you know, full time. Um, I had transferred from or was transferred, I should say, from the game division to a education division, which okay. I, I wasn't hating. It was still cool. It was going to be some cool stuff. Uh, and they realized they had transferred too many of us over <laughs> and gave us the option to uh, leave with some pretty good severance and yep. other things yep. or look for a job within the company. So we weren't being fired, but we were given a path to take. And uh, I was all of... I don't know, 26, 27, trying to mm-hmm. date myself at that time. Um, I was all full of uh, piss and vinegar. You know, like, I'm going to go out on my own, um, you know, get some money and do all that stuff. And my daughter had just been born the year before. Uh, she had some special needs, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at birth. So uh, and my uh, then wife worked at the company as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of said, like, hey, if I leave, we still keep all the benefits and all the stuff. So let me head off and try to do this. And then I could also be there for her, yeah. you know, kind of full time. Uh, so, yeah, 2001, I headed off. It wasn't called Hey Monkey at that point. It was just my name. Yep. Um, but since 2001, uh, I've in some way or another, I've just worked for myself, ran my own business uh, full time. Wow. That's a long yeah. time. So you have a lot of lessons learned in that period of time, I can imagine. 
oh, far, far more failures than successes. But I think that's, <laughs> Excellent. I think that's how it's supposed to be, right? That is the creative path, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Before I dissect that and dive into that a little bit more, I want to kick it way back to childhood here. Yep. What was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path? Absolutely. Um, it was in my blood. Um, I just don't remember ever not drawing. Um, I just did it. I always did it. My my dad was a great uh, artist, or is. Um, my grandmother was an artist. Uh, my mom couldn't draw a stick figure to save her damn life <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. So I definitely, I definitely grabbed that from dad, but I think I really grabbed it from grandma. Um, and it was just me and my mom for quite a few years. So my mm-hmm. grandma used to watch me a lot. And we used to draw and paint and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely set me, you know, on that path. So as a Um, kid, you're surrounded by creative people. You're doing creative things. You're drawing. What was the point that the light switch turned on and it was like design? Yes, that is where we're going. Right. So I grew up in the 80s. So, right. I mean, sorry, 90s and 2000 kids, but I had G.I. Joe. I had Transformers. I had the Thundercats. I had the Silverhawks. Just missed it. I know I had masks. So I, so all through a kid that, you know, Star Wars came, was literally came out when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, my childhood was the pinnacle of sci-fi and kids toys. And, you know, as far as I'm yes. concerned. Um, so, you know, I had every intention of being an animator. I was going to do Disney animation or something like that. I was in high school and it was my junior year and I was looking for, just classes to take. I was pretty much done and it was just trying to fill them up. Yep. And it was a class called graphic communication and printing. Nice. And I was like, okay, that sounds like an easy A, just like woodworking, whatever. I didn't know. And, uh, so I went to the, down to the lab the first day of school and there was a little, little Mac, yep. you know, the little beige box Mac. I remember and it was them. Full, you know, we're talking 88 at this point. Uh, so it was a full, you know, four color printing press, dark room, you know, everything. There was no scanner. You shot stuff with the camera, um, <laughs> developed the film and all that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I walked in there thinking like, yeah, easy, a fun stuff. And I mean, in a week I was like, whoa, like this was a game changer for me, the computer, you know, yeah. uh, just blown away. And I was like all in. And so I took like everything I could take for junior and senior year, um, it completely changed the game. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how looking back on it, some, a seemingly minor decision of like, yeah, that seems easy, completely transforms the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, the, the teacher was passionate about it too. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you're passionate. And she's like, oh, you're a student. You're pa-. And it was just like, just, you know, so like, I, I feel fortunate, you know, to say that I do have like one of those teachers that I can be like, yeah. that's the one, you know, she's the one. Um, and I saw her probably 20 years later yeah um and she's like what do you do and i was like i'm a graphic designer and she you know, <laughs> just, it was just like i was so great to be she able just to tell lit her. up that's awesome so like do you ever think back and imagine like what if what if you took welding what if you took automotive like where would you be so you know my uh family my parents are, have been divorced as long as i know and all my dad's side of the family are uh construction and yeah. auto mechanics and welders, very, you know, hardworking, trade focused, hardworking, great folk, blue collar, you know, stuff we need a lot more of today still. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I came move down here with my mom and my stepdad. My stepdad was IBM. Yep. So I didn't really grow up around the kind of the blue collar. And, you know, I was right always into technology. I always had video game systems, always had um, computer games, you know, and then you couple that with the 
drawing and the 80s cartoons and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. That's just like that trade stuff never even like it just wasn't part of me. So you think whether you took that class or not, you naturally would have made your way into the creative field somehow. I no doubt whatsoever. Awesome. Yeah. I, I don't even know differently. So Lenny, in this journey, maybe it comes from your younger years in you know the creative game. What has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you? Yeah, it's, it's not. Um, it's not going to be an influential design, but it's going to be a book. Yep. And that's uh, Disney's The Art of Animation. Oh, so uh, cool. Right? That's just everybody's has at least heard of that book. Um, and my, again, grandmother um, got me that book, I'm going to say seven, eight, nine years old, you know, young. Um, and I devoured that book. I still have my original copy. Um, that book was everything to me. Everything to me because it, it peeled back the curtain. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw that it was people drawing these and you saw how it how it came together. And, you know, being Disney, right, everything, even from the 30s, Snow White, 1937 on mm-hmm. was about was about brand, was about story, was about color, was yep. about vision. So, yeah, at, that book by far. It's so interesting that you say that because um, I'm just now reading the I say, autobiography i think is the proper term where you write a book write something about yourself that's an autobiography right yes that's what i thought so the autobiography of bobby you're the ceo of disney currently i want to read that it's okay i got it on sunday and i am not a fast reader but i plowed mm. through a third of that book in like a couple of hours you, you yeah. started reading and you were locked in on the story um, i can't wait my my daughter and i've been watching uh the disney imagineering documentary on disney plus and oh, cool. uh, the episode we watched last night was kind of the bob Iger episode when yeah. he came in and and i remember i was like man i think he has a book out so it's funny that serendipitous that you talk about it so i think i'm gonna go grab that you then. have to it's a sign lenny yeah um but i was also along the lines of disney i remember seeing and this was probably 10 years ago. I can't remember if it was a documentary or if it was just some sort of pre-roll of some Disney VHS at the time, but it was the very first Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse cartoon. Yeah. And they sort of did this thing where they showed the animation, showed it happening, and then they kind of pulled the camera backwards and you could see it's a guy like flipping through pages together. Yeah. And I just went, oh my gosh. Like it was just such a cool moment. Yeah. So seeing how that crosses over. Yeah, just that those basics, right? And they're yep. still they still hold up today. Yeah. So Lenny, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like? You know, it's it's been interesting and I feel incredibly fortunate um that anybody everybody I look up to is actually a, a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I've been on the conference scene for a while. I've been on the speaking scene for a while. So I've really gotten to know a lot of the people that I used to sort of put on those pedestals as like my design heroes and, you know, quickly realize that they're like, you know, we're just in the field doing the work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm probably just going to start ticking off names of my friends, but they're going to be names that people know. Like, you know, I mean, uh, one of my best buddies, Aaron Draplin. Um, just incredibly influential, um, you know, and he and I are literally the exact same age, um, and everything. So we're, we're always talking about just like stuff from growing up. So uh, whenever you go over, you're pulling records off the shelf, throwing records in and just sitting back and yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, just talking about like music and stuff. Um, so drafting my buddy, I mean, constantly look up to my friend, Mike Jones. Uh, he runs the creative South, um, 
conference in mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's head of design at Aflac. Um, my best friend, my brother, literally, um, just just a great guy. Um, he's a guy that you just have no idea how talented he is until you know him. And he's mm-hmm. he'll be like, hey, what do you think of this? And you look at it and you just want to like not like him because he's so good and he tries it for the first time. Uh, you know, that's just my buddy. Um, really inspired by my friend Peter Del Tondo. Mm-hmm. Um, he works at Unfold, you know, okay. fantastic branding and web agency down in Florida. Uh, this is a guy who has just screamed to the forefront in the, of the industry in my eyes mm-hmm. um, and just seeing him again grow from as a friend and just do that thing where it's just like, you know, fly, brother, fly. Um, <laughs> spread those wings. <laughs> spread those wings. Yeah, it's just it's, I, I'm just inspired by my friends, uh, you know, uh, Dustin Lee. He runs Retro Supply. Mm-hmm. Um, close, close friend, mentor seeing what he's built for himself and how he's empowered so many other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, designers and stuff like that. I don't know. It's, dude, I could, I could name drop a hundred. Um, it's just, yeah. yeah, I've just been fortunate that my heroes became my friends. You know, and that's very similar to what my previous guest, uh, Mina had said is that you know, to this question, she knows them personally. She's met yes. them. Like yes. those are the people, which is really interesting because yes. sometimes you hear, you know, this person who I follow on social media and see the great work that they do, but yeah. having, having it be the other side where, you know what, it's people that I've met that I know yeah. personally that I have seen grow yep. and the things they're doing. That's awesome. I love it. And it's, and it's having, you know, real relationships. It's, you know, it's not, that's not ego or me like trying to name drop, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm really inspired because when you first see these people like, you know, Draplin or Jessica Hish or any of them, right. Kind of the, like the, the, you know, the design famous that kind of cracked up in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, wow, look at their work. I'm just, yeah. And then you meet them and they're just incredible people. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's no different bragging about Aaron as it is bragging about a friend that just may work down the road. Cause to me, it's just like a friend, you know, yeah. um, a and friend that's, that's doing inspiring things. Yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Lenny, I'm going to kick it back to the old print days here with this next question. I want you to tell us how you have utilized print and packaging design in your creative career. Um, Any stories around printer packaging of special projects or memorable print interactions that you can share with us? Yeah. So, right. So uh, high school, right? 1988, graphic Mm -hmm. design and printing. Um, Walked in, knew nothing about printing aside from hitting print on a printer and <laughs> hitting print on a printer in 1988 was vastly different than doing it now even right yeah. uh, you know we're talking dot matrix printers and things like that um so i feel really fortunate that i was right at the edge of still learning like full-on four color process printing shooting with the art developing the film like cutting and negatives and things yeah absolutely entirely did it the old way i couldn't remember how to do it now for sure mm-hmm. but i remember that i did it um, maybe if I got back in there, I could, but everything's so much more digital now anyway. Yeah. Um, so just that, even though I very quickly went digital, I feel really glad that I had those couple years of intense prints, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ideals, uh, you know, and, and, and systems put into my head. Cause I know when I did start to slide digital and started really working in web design, which was emerging, you know, at that point in 93, 94, um, all my web designs were really hard to mock up because I used to mock them up like print, mm-hmm. right? 
And so I, in a way, it, not a bragging thing, like I was ahead of the time. Like now you can do them with CSS grid and all this cool stuff. <laughs> now it doesn't matter. You can do full yeah. print designs and more. It was really hard back then with tables and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, so it's really funny. So my, my first print thing really was how I started to try to translate it to web. Yeah. Um, but after 20 plus years of digital, uh, I wanted to get back to like the, the, the roots of it. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to screen print. And so when I opened up my actual studio, so even though I've been Hay Monkey for a while, my first physical location, my only physical location, um, was a screen print studio. Mm-hmm. Um, at 37 years old, learning an entirely new craft that I'd never done before, uh, changed everything for me because it gave me a physical location. I started to really get away from digital and web and getting back into printing and ink, but then teaching other people how to do it. And yeah team building and doing workshops and just the whole story of me sort of setting that up at what age I was at um, is what set me out into like the speaking circuit and doing that kind of stuff and just talking about all that stuff. So uh, print changed the whole game for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I like how you mentioned though, that you see the massive benefits that you had by the time you when. on the timing that you were involved in the print industry, just getting out of that, you know, stripping negs and like the negatives and that phase of printing before you went digital, like computer to plate systems and things like that. Um, I love that because it really speaks true, especially to design students or people that have not experienced a tour of a print shop or seeing a press or seeing these things in person. You, you can't look at a screen design something and understand what has to happen to create that as a printed brochure, unless you see that, or unless you have the experience of the negatives of making plates of seeing how the cyan, the magenta, the yellow, the black all come together to create your images. You know, why? Trimming, trimming the Ruby lift. Why is that? Why is the masking color in Photoshop, that red color? I'll Mm -hmm. tell you why we used to hand trim that (laughs) stuff. And it was that color of film, you know, sheets. That's why, you know, and so it's like in Photoshop, we boom, hit a selection. It turns that color. I remember pulling the sheets out and trimming that, you know? Yep. You just, it's, it's so hard to teach that now. Yeah, it is so hard. Well, Lenny, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those horrible stories out of you. Absolutely. What has been the most challenging period of time in your creative career so far? Um, Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, The last five years, opening the physical location. Um, Everything on a piece of paper says that I shouldn't have done it. Uh, Just (laughs) debt that I was in, the fact that I don't have any real like business sense in terms of like running the business. I'm great with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put me in a room man. I'll get you to buy something talk about in a genuine way. Like I'm not a shuckster, but you know, I'm just, I'm good talker. Um, I suck at business. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, and the last five years have been incredibly hard and a huge struggle because of that. Um, you know, ultimately I, a marriage ended over it. Mm -hmm. Um, just a lot of really hard stuff over the last uh, five years. Um, you know, and I, I sit back and I say what I, what I have done it different. I mean, I guess you could say, yes, it'd be nice not to have gone through that, but mm-hmm. I have no idea like what will happen tomorrow or next month because of those decisions. Because of and, you know, yeah, so I, I kind of 
I try not to do the what if game and the mm-hmm. I shouldn't have game. And I just look at it and go, yep, F that one up. Um, <laughs> let's see where I can kind of steer it and take it. And, you know, I, I'm actually in the process of shutting down the physical studio mm-hmm. um, and just trying to like offload it. And um, with that means I won't have like a screen printing studio and, and that anymore. But you know what? I've done it for almost over 10 years now. It's not yeah. a skill I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. And it just means that I'm ready to move on to something else. And I can just like I applied the having learned four color process printing and all the old stuff back then influenced everything. Even if I don't screen print for five years, it's still going to influence, you know, how I design and how I do things. And and if I just have other people print my stuff, man, nobody's going to get a better prepared file than they are from me now (laughs) because I've done it. Right. Yeah. Um, So just, yeah, looking at, you know, what it is the next phase. But definitely the last five years have been. And the last and two of those just yeah, yeah grueling, grueling. Awesome. So just to sort of tie that up, what are some of the key points on how you motivated yourself to get out of bed and get through that period of time? Because it sounds like, you know, most of that tough stuff is behind you and you're excited to sort of see what's next, what's coming. Yeah, I am. I'm what out of the hole. That? Yeah, I'm out of the hole. I could turn around. I can still see the hole. Yep. Right. And the winds blowing hard. The winds blowing hard enough that if I'm not careful, I could fall back in the hole, but I'm out of it, you know, kind of going forward, you know, with the, with the rain and and wind beating against me. Um, it's been interesting the, uh, I've kind of had two pivotal points in in my career where I I made very concerted efforts to change the direction of where I was going to go. Uh, the first one was probably a decade or so ago, um, in which I, just did opposites. You know, I used to say no to a lot of stuff and I said yes and I really got involved with community and uh, conferences, AIGA, things like that and just went, you know, big, big, yes, yes, go, go, meet people, you know, all that, you know, forming relationships, which is how I formed so many of these friendships. And so when I was going through the fire again, I started doing that and it wasn't working, you know, and I said, okay, you know, so I kind of did the reverse and I, I kind of went into some solitude and mm. reflection and, um, just taking the time to really assess like what what happened here, 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 and here, and let's reflect on it and sort of deal with it myself. Last time I dealt with it with a community and started asking everybody, how did you do this? And I would take those things and do it. And this time I found that, that wasn't, I wasn't getting the answers that I wanted mm-hmm. doing that this time. So this time I was like, well, I need to do this one myself. Mm-hmm. There's something about this process that I can't rely on someone else for. I have got to sit down and ask myself the tough questions and uh, and sit down and say like, nope, you screwed that one up, dude. That was dumb and and process that emotion, you know, and and process the fact that I that I screwed up and that, you know, had I not done certain things, maybe I would still be married. Maybe not. You know, again, I'm not going to get into the what ifs, but like working through all that on my own. So really the key point, one key point that I'm just taking from it is um giving yourself the freedom to pivot and to make the decisions that are right for you, uh, regardless of what those decisions are. If it's closing a business, if it's shutting down an entire thing and saying, I'm not doing that anymore and I'm going to go do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a freedom that the creative industry affords people a little more easily than something else. Other, Mm -hmm. other industries. Mm -hmm. Cause within our industry, so many things, and I've done so many things. So it's like, okay, I could just be a screen printer full time or a designer or a web designer or an illustrator or, you know, those are all things I'm good at and could do. So giving, having that freedom to just pivot to it is important. 
Mm-hmm. Good point. You know, I see what you're saying there where you can take that skill set and you really diversify it if, if you need to and if you want to. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So Lenny, I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. Take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. Um, I, honestly, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I think a lot of designers, we wear our hearts on our sleeves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're very passionate about stuff. Um, so when things go south, we tend to sometimes tamp it down or hide it or, you know, internalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I try to do the same thing with any project that goes wrong. And, and I always look at it as like, okay, what, what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. What could the client client have done differently as well? Um, I'm trying to think which, which one do I want to pull out of the hat to, to talk about? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, one that was um, didn't go well, but it had nothing to do with myself or the client. It was just mm-hmm. disappointing. Um, was about two years, maybe even a year into opening the studio, and I had okay. a, um, a client come to me, and they were um, wanted to open a 1940s-styled like, lunch counter mm-hmm. and breakfast spot in this very vintage little town about 30 minutes from me. And they wanted me not only to do the branding, but to work with them on the interior design. So like everything from like floor, like everything, because my wheelhouse, like I just love 40s, 50s, 60s yeah. style, just when everything was so intentional and, you know, it had to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a dream project. Like I was just like, oh, like here it is. Like this is the one, you know, <laughs> um, the second floor was going to be apartments and we were going to brand the apartments. And we had done like research on the building. And so like we found every business that was ever in that building and we were going to create a line of merchandise for each one of those businesses that were in the building. So we were going to create logos for like Edwards Pharmacy and John's Bait and Tackle, like all this stuff. So it was just going to be like this massive amount of just fun work. Mm-hmm. We were cruising through and, uh, you know, I put the the proposal in front of them and it was a healthy number because it was a lot of work and you know, he came back and he was like, you know, explain to me why it's this much. And I did. And he was like, awesome. I'm ready to go. I just needed to hear like everything that everything that usually stops you, like you put the budget in front of him and they're like, well, it's too much. He was like, nope, just tell me why. Okay. I'm in. So it's just like feeling good. Um, and what killed it was small town politics. What? So as he was, you know, him just getting permits, him being able to do stuff, him being able to move forward with things, being able to do this or that and what was needed, the town just, it was still just too much old, lack of a better term, it was old white man money that still controlled the town. Even though the town itself was very much starting to diversify, you were having young families move in there of all, you know, uh, backgrounds, colors, creeds, everything. So the town itself was diversifying. But the people who controlled it weren't yet. And all um, it takes know. is a few loud people yep. that don't with want money. it to happen. Yep, with yep. money. Uh, you know, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's like one of those things. It's honestly very much like any government. It's like you you don't want to be mean, but you kind of look at your watch waiting for some people to kind of kick mm-hmm. off so you can, like, make the change that's needed. Totally. And um, he came back. He was like, man, I love the project. Mm-hmm. I love working with you. I can't. They're just killing the dream. Like, every every – you know, every step that I take, 
I get stopped. I get tripped. And uh, we just had to kill it. And it was actually, it was demoralizing and heartbreaking. Uh. Um, it was, at least if he killed it or I killed it or, or I didn't, you know, I didn't do a good job. It could be like, well, I screwed that. That was, it was like, ah, but in this one, a, yeah, you can't yeah. just be like, oh, I screwed that up. You can't look at the client and be like, oh, that client was terrible. That ruined that one. It's just both of you wanted it to happen. We're excited for it to happen. And just circumstances out of your control stopped it. Just killed it. Um, but, you know, the and, and maybe this is the positive. You know, for all I know, his dream comes back in 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. and he comes back to me. But what I know was the feeling that I had every yeah. step of the way with that project. Yeah. Because it was flawless. Awesome. And so I told myself, any branding, any projects I take, if I don't get that exact feeling, I'm not taking them. Like I've now felt, at least felt what the gold standard is. I couldn't see it through to the end, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I got enough of the feeling to know what what it is. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good feeling to live by. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to turn this bus around. Tell me now about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. The easy answer would be the exact same one because mm-hmm. we did get to do work and I did get to present it. It never saw the light of day. Um, I would have to, but I'm not gonna because that's easy. So that way we have a different <laughs> story for the thing. But that is one yeah. of them, and I think, and I think because even though I got killed, to still be proud of it, yes, um, is you know is something well that's to be deal. proud of. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna be a little narcissistic and say my own brand. Yes. Um, my my Hey Monkey brand. I was really proud of how where it started and where I've taken it and 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 kind of like just the the branding and the messaging that I've been able to put behind it. One of the things I'm most proud of is anybody who has gotten to know me has said when they've read my site or they look at my material, they actually feel like it's me. Awesome. And so I'm insanely proud of that that i've been you know that i've been able to put my own brand out and people think that it's me and honestly like all the stuff that i've printed for for sale of my own stuff has been just hey monkey logos and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. i printed it as if it was like a fashion brand and i've sold a fair amount of stuff and that makes me very proud that somebody would want to wear like my screen printing shop t-shirt or Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know and and that it resonates with them so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say my own stuff attaboy i like that yeah Plus the development of it and the fact that people notice and can tell without looking that it's yours and that your personality resonates through that brand. That's yeah. a win. I mean, really, that's the ultimate goal of branding. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. And you know, when I, uh, back when I was really getting Hey Monkey going, I just couldn't click into a brand that I wanted. Yeah. You know, because, right, it's hard. The cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? It's hard to do it for yourself. <laughs> yep. uh, so I hired Von Glitchka to do my first brand. Awesome. Right. And everybody knows Von Glitchka. I mean, you know, he's one of the one of the tops. I was like, what the hell is it? I'm going to do what I tell my clients to do when I tell them to hire me. I'm going to hire someone. So Von Glitchka actually created my first brand, the first Hey Monkey brand um, that I used. And it was great. And I, and I used it for a couple of years as I was kind of going through some identity crisis and figuring it. That was sort of that first crisis I was going through mm-hmm. 10 years ago when I started making a change. Yeah. And I was at a conference and I handed my card to someone and they said, oh, this is really good. You know, did you make this? And I was always honest that I didn't make it. It was my brand, but that I hired Vaughn. And but for some reason, something clicked and I was like, it's really uncomfortable to tell someone that I didn't make it. I wasn't embarrassed or anything. You yeah, know? No, I can see that though. But as a creative person yeah. offering branding, did you create your own brand? 
No. Yeah, I could see the yeah. uncomfort with that for sure. So after that conference, I went home. I threw out the business cards. I had six months to my next conference, and I was like, I'm going to show up with my brand. Yeah. And and I dove in, and for six months, I worked on on my brand and, and launched the first version wow. of mine. And ever since then, I've you know I've I iterated it to to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I look at it now, and and Vaughn himself has said this again. He's a good friend of mine. We've hung out. We've done things, conferences. You know, he's looked at my brand, and he goes, Dude, "This is way better than what I did for you," because <laughs> I I too like he helped push me to tune into who I was. I didn't yes. know who I was then. He got me somewhere, and then I got to this point where I was like, "That's not me anymore." Yeah. And now it is time for me to do it. So uh, it was an interesting story to get to my brand, and I think that's why I'm proud of it because I I came from a, a place of. I guess like pride, you know, I was like, Nope, I've got it. I've got to do this. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome money. I love that. Well, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. That's where I have a question for you for my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Absolutely. So my last guest was Mina Khalili. Yeah. Ah. Professor, designer, um, owner of curiosity HQ out of Columbia, South Carolina. And she wanted to ask you, you have to go one whole week without designing or creating anything. What do you do in that time instead? So I experienced that a lot this mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So is this, I experienced a lot uh, to the point where I questioned leaving the industry. Um, you know, maybe it was, maybe, maybe this was leading me to like, you're, it's time to try something, you know, new. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, what I did was I, I sat and I reflected, uh, in solitude and then I just started going back out and just hanging out with people mm-hmm. and meeting friends and just having discussions and, and experiences that had nothing to do with this, yeah. um, you know, just and being okay with that, being okay with my identity not being a designer yeah. or an artist or a creative of, of some kind. Um, yeah, just letting things be, being okay with that is what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent answer. Lenny, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest for you? God, I had like a whole bunch of them, but I think what it's going to, the one that I'm going to, that I'm, that I'm going to pick is, uh, what does community mean to you, to them? Wow. I love that. That's, such a, that's a great question. Community has been how I'm talking to you today. That's awesome. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with my talent, honestly. It has to do with community. Yep. <laughs> Just people know people. People share that yep. this person is doing great things. You should connect with them. And yep. that's really how it all comes around. Yeah. I love it. Lenny, that is the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for your time and being my guest today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been great. All right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Man, Lenny just gets so raw and honest and sharing what he's learned in his career and the struggles that he's faced. And there's just stuff everybody can pull from this. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Lenny, for bringing the honesty and the lessons that you've learned in your career. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.